the Comedy Zone podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved. From Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone Podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast. Email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your host, Jason Allen King. Welcome, everybody. Uh, we are here. It's the Comedy Zone podcast, the week of December 26, 2020. We're nearing the end of, uh, of a year, unlike anything we could have imagined. Um, that's not hyperbole. It was a perfect storm oh, of pain, grief, uh, laughable disbelief. Um, Brian, we've, it kind of feels like Chris Farley in Black Sheep after he falls down that mountain. <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> man, alive. It does. Uh, yeah. I am looking at and talking to the, the hardest working man in Charlotte, always with a smile on his face. Brian Baltashevitz, you right. handsome devil. How are you, sir? Good. I'm well, Jason. How are you doing? You know you're what? Not... I'm dynamite. <laughs> you are dynamite. Yeah, don't try to pick me up. I'm dangerous. You are I'm a dangerous. little package of dynamite as well. <laughs> this is the, it packs a punch though right it does it's yeah. a wallop is what it is yes i'm i'm i am still feeling the christmas spirit um eating everything how about you yeah um my wife uh the food blogger has gone on a six-day <laughs> uh facebook live spree for her blog where she makes a different batch of cookies every day for six days Oh my God! So we are we are up to our ball sacks and Christmas cookies here at the house. And, wow! And uh, um, today on the sixth day, she made my all-time favorite Christmas cookie. So we we are it's it's it has been a just a death march of Christmas cookies. Wow! Uh, worth every minute, but yeah, we're we're loaded with Christmas. I didn't anticipate any of this, you sir. That's <laughs> just uh, the heart attack. You can just see it so it's close. Coming. Oh, it's coming. It is, uh, well, that's yeah. really fun to hear that. Actually, yeah. So it's been it's been actually yeah. That's the closest to Christmas we've got in this house. There's no decorations. There's no. <laughs> it's just there's there's no joy. There's no. <laughs> <just>. <laughs> there's joy. There's absolutely joy. yeah. There is now. Now that I... it's just yeah. Good for you, but man. it's all good. Just, I didn't yeah, expect that. And, and yeah. Tara doesn't do anything like half-assed or shoddy. Like she's. No, everything is, yeah, everything is top notch. She made, yeah, she like, there's a traditional Jewish uh, Hanukkah cookie uh, uh, called a uh, rugelach. I I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. Oh, that sounds like a villain from a Marvel movie. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she, uh, uh, she reinvented the rugelach using snickerdoodle dough. And now it's, it's just a this Pixar little, okay. it's just this little knot of, uh, uh, this is a cookie made out of snickerdoodle dough and filled with cranberries. It's unbelievable. Stoner's delight. That's what it sounds like. That's perfect. It's so good. Uh, that's really exciting. Well, um, 
the uh, we should point out the very funny and, and amazing Will Jacobs again away uh, with work and life and new babies and enjoying their first Christmas together uh, the whole family so um, yeah. wishing them well in the holidays and I you know I can't I am as excited for our guest today as I am for Christmas right? so we should I, I have to we can't wait anymore um, our special guest this week I'm just giddy uh, she is equal parts hysterical comedian badass beautiful soul animal lover a true friend. Uh, I literally cannot come up with more like endless descriptions of how much I love this person. Uh, Jen Snyder is on the podcast. We're so thrilled to have you here. This is great. Hi, Jen. I was thrilled to be here until Brian rubbed his sweet ass cookie life in our face. <laughs> just feeling bad for myself. I know. Feel bad we're not there at that house. Oh my gosh. What was your favorite cookie that she made today? I need. I need to know. The okay, so it's a uh, it's called the peanut butter blossom, mm. and it is. Will you go grab one of the uh, peanut butter blossoms? My wife's gonna go grab one of them. It's it's the greatest Christmas cookie of all time, and so I kind of strong armed <laughs> her into making it. She only wanted to do five days of of, of Facebook lives, and then she rattled off the cookie she was gonna do, and I was like, "You're not leaving off the peanut butter blossoms. That's not. You're gonna have to do six days. You're just gonna have to do six wow. days." Wow. But there, it's my all-time favorite uh, Christmas. It's not, I guess, technically a Christmas cookie, but. but. I Brian, he's so he's so forceful with his wife. Did you hear yeah, that? Right. Like a <laughs> blossoms, woman. Get your ass in the kitchen. Make you've them. um, you've seen these before, I'm sure. Yeah, he talking about Christmas nipples. I seen them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chocolate <laughs> nipples. Mm -hmm. You won't call it a peanut blossom. Be all fancy. That is a chocolate nipple oh, cookie, sir. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm with Jen on this one. That is a that is a Christmas nipple if I've ever seen one. Yeah, that's a yeah. Christmas nipple. That's lovely. Unless yeah, there's the a wreath hanging around the, you know. Look the at, nipple like, I'm going to get crumbs all over my, my computer. But just watch. Just It just breaks off. It's, oh, just, uh, it's the greatest uh, Christmas cookie was, of all time dirty what he just did <laughs> yeah i know i apologize i'm somehow not mad at him though I, I i'm not i'm not i'll be your cookie cook any day just let me watch eat this. <laughs> cookie cuck oh my, that's got to be in the description of this pie i don't care i think that's the title forward yeah i think that's the title in fact i'm gonna write that down just so i don't forget <laughs> jen i should ask is christmas a big deal for you are you like always in it is this how you were growing up no wrong answers like what was christmas like for you I'm so weird and my mom gets really mad at me about it because um, I've never ever had a bad Christmas. We have great Christmases here. Um, I have one of those super moms that just like, like she makes the holidays. Like, you know, we're sitting by the tree here. Oh, beautiful. Teddy bear tree. Cause that's how we roll here in the Snyder. House. Uh, but I personally don't like Christmas. It makes me real sad. Does it? Like I, yeah, I, I don't like the thought of people not having good Christmases and it can't, and mm. I can't focus on my own because I kind of, and my mom's like, well, just don't think about it. But I'm like, eh, I, I, mm. it don't work that way. But you got the heart of the Grinch at the end of the movie. That's how big your heart is. Really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just too much. Like, I just don't like Pretty feeling like, I want for everybody to be happy. You know how I am. <laughs> you know what? I do know how you are. And that's, I think, why you're in the comedy game. Because yeah, that's that seems to be your goal. You want to make everybody happy. You want just peace and love and and just let's have a good time, right? I kind of do, man. I like a little bit of drama, you know, just to keep it interesting. But <laughs> you know, let's just be cool, man. I, I don't even subscribe to all the politics and stuff. I know people think I should because I'm queer, but man, I don't give a damn. Just shut up and do your job so I can go out and do mine. That's what I, I want. That, that's it. That's it right yep. there. 
Uh, do did you guys do like a Christmas Eve thing? When do you open presents? So we do one tomorrow. Tomorrow yeah. night, and we normally go to my family's house, but we're not going to do that this year because of COVID. Yeah. So tomorrow night we'll open one present, and then we'll all uh, drink champagne and watch. Um, we watched Die Hard last year. This year we're watching Scrooge, and I'm very uh, excited. Yeah, uh, love it. All right, so I'm glad you brought that up because I did want to get and Brian. I'm I'm so curious about your you and your you know, outside of the Christmas cookies, your denial of Christmas this year, uh, heathen. Um, <laughs> what I would love to know your your favorite, like I want three, five, I'm not gonna hold anybody to the, your favorite. Like what, what are your Christmas movies? What are they? What are your favorites? Jen, jump wow. in. Brian's, Brian's I already know mine. It's the National Lampoons. There Gotta see that. Yeah, it's not yeah. Christmas until you see that. Uh, Scrooged and I, I die harder gremlins. You know what I'm saying? It could interchange. Yeah. With They're both Christmas movies. We can argue it till the cows yes, come. Because I was going to ask about this because this is yeah. a thing apparently that people get all worked up about. I don't know how you don't see both of those movies. And I was going to bring up gremlins because because I don't hear that argument much. I'm like, no, it's a Christmas movie. It's literally it's Christmas. Literally, he's present. He was a freaking present. That's <laughs> the whole Christmas. movie. That's Th right. There is no movie without it being Christmas. Like. <laughs> <laughs> what would they have gotten him right it would, it would have been yeah yeah he just so, had his dad coming home and he probably would have stopped by a hooker instead of going to that weird little shop to find us <laughs> a big hole in the plot if it's not christmas i was gonna say that gremlins was only missing a hooker that's right <laughs> i I'm, I'm jumping in two on that so for me i said like three to five like scrooge does it's probably number one for me um but Scrooged, Die Hard's absolutely in there. The original, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. I have to put, I mean, that to me was, was everything. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life vacation. Now I have to say that if I had to swap something out, I would probably, because I, I don't know how Elf isn't in there. I, I love watching oh, yeah. Elf Elf's too. So I might swap out How the Grinch Stole Christmas because that was like a kid thing. I would maybe slide Elf in there. Although comparing those two and what's more adult between Elf and <laughs> the Grinch Stole Christmas is sort of really stupid, but. How mature uh, of you to pick Elf over the Grinch Stole Christmas? Uh, right, you know. You're growing. I'm a, I'm a big boy now, Jen. I'm a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, you got, you, what do you think? We got, we got, we gave you some hints there, man. You did, yeah, so I, I, I'm going to go off book a little bit. I'm going to go oh. with um, the onion field. I enjoy the onion field. No, I'm kidding. I <laughs> eyes got so big. I was like, no wonder you don't celebrate Christmas. <laughs> no, 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 no. Good lord. Um, uh, anything on the Hallmark Channel? Um, I'm gonna come through this computer at you. <laughs> You're so soft. I love it. <laughs> Gentle giant. Uh, I I will say I have seen a lot of the Hallmark movies this year, and they are uh, very similar to last year's. So. That's um <laughs> recycled scripts man exactly it's right. nothing like it's always a penis saves christmas is always my take on a hallmark <laughs> oh <my laughs> had a hole in her christmas heart that only a, a christmas penis could fill and, that, and beautiful that's pretty man great. that comes from the same makers of dick in a box actually <laughs> yeah. the same Ducks. producers that's right um we actually um um, Jason and I were uh, uh, spitballing a few weeks ago a a, a, a uh, treatment idea for a Hallmark movie uh, quarantine that Christmas. Oh yeah, which could right? It's just got yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> it's 
uh, it's got yeah. next year written all over it. Yeah, that's right. All oh, the hallmarks. They can't wait to get into the quarantine. <laughs> They're just trying to figure out what rhymes with quarantine to throw it into the Christmas movie. Wait, we met in a Zoom chat. I mean, I was in there accidentally. <laughs> um, so I, it's a tough call for me, Christmas, the Christmas movie, movie wise, because like, like I want to like the. Brian doesn't approach anything uh, lightly, Jen, if you haven't figured that out. (laughs) He's not just going to have fun with it. He really needs to, he's a, he is a a film guru. He's a, he's that kind of guy. So, you know, just, just buckle up while we hear this. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Some pretentious uh, Christmas movies he's going to throw at (laughs) Anything, anything in black and white with subtitles, I'm all over it. Yeah. He's going to love that. Yeah. Some Danish Christmas movies. I'm going to fall asleep during the name of it. (laughs) um the old like you know i want to say the old movies like you know it's a wonderful life and stuff like that but they're just that was in mind so schmaltzy and oh it's so good that movie it is good it is it's it's about suicide man it is so it's about suicide (laughs) well and it's funny because i was just listening to another podcast and they were talking about christmas movies and they said they watched it's a wonderful life and they realized who is the the uh, the character who had a brother who died. Now I can't remember the character, but uh, oh, but, it's uh, it's the main character, right? Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I'm, the brother who died, like uh, she was doing the math, and she determined that like the brother who died died in like the 1918 Spanish flu outbreak. Like that's oh. what, which what puts a, a whole new. I know. <laughs> puts a whole Brian, that's what they call him, Brian Bummer <laughs> Boltashevitz. That's. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I love alliteration. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Dang, as far as Ryan. as far as like modern stuff, I, I still like. I know planes, trains, and automobiles takes place at Thanksgiving. <gasps> I still very much consider it to be a twist. I love that movie. Yeah, I it's so great. Think about putting that in there. You yeah. know what? I'm a huge John Candy fan. I mean, huge. He is like one. Of, he, he's one of the people I consider shaped my comedic personality and, mm-hmm. and how i am and yeah. and steve martin both of them yeah. steve martin yeah. number one i hate that movie really oh oh i hate it it's so terrible is that pillows it's not pillow oh. <laughs> oh i got it yeah all right okay i get it i get it. <laughs> I, you know, I think they're brilliant they're both so brilliant and that's the most depressing movie that either one of them are in well yeah it's it's a yeah i mean the um, the what? The dentist is pretty pretty sad. The Steve Martin movie. You've ever seen the dentist? Oh no, I haven't seen that. Mm. Oh, I'm, well. I'll watch that one on Halloween. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, any honorable mentions? I would say like Charlie Brown, uh, Christmas. Um, That's Europe on Thirty Fourth Street's old school. Mm-hmm. Nightmare yeah. Before Christmas. Yeah, for sure. Nightmare. Yeah, I've never been a big fan of that. Yeah, for some. Uh, I like Tim Burton, but that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a different different way to go. Trading yeah. trading places. Again, not sure if that's Christmas, but it was cold. Happens around Christmas. Uh, yeah. Home alone. There's one, um Home for the Holidays. I think it's considered a, a Thanksgiving movie, but I like to watch it at Christmas. Okay. It's got um what's his name? He's Iron Man. Robert Downey Jr. Robert it. Downey Jr., right? Yeah, he plays yeah. the gay brother. I know I'm not familiar with that one. All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm now he had a whole career before he got like big. Like, what was the <laughs> yeah, one? Yeah, where, yeah. What's the one where he is in the guy's body? Um, 
you know, he dies and he comes back in Robert Downey Jr.'s body and it's and he tries oh. to go talk to his wife. Oh, oh my man. gosh, yeah, what is that movie? I know what you're talking about, but I can't. I can't think of it either, but I, I can see <laughs> the cover of third day. Oh, man. Shoot, that's Brian, gonna you look it up. Ryan's on it. Yeah, Brian, I'm going to. That's going to be hard to because he's got so many. Uh, he does his first ones, though. It's one of the first ones I ever remember seeing him in. Back uh, when movies were weird and problematic and no one cared, like Soul Man. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's like, <laughs> you can't do that movie now. You no. Can't no, 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 no. You have done that movie then, really. I mean, they get, they, uh, oh, some dumb shit. That was just dumb. That was oh, awful. there were so many problems with it. <laughs> like, you can't even go, go, don't go near the 90s. It's just going to be a whole just decade of like canceling people making terrible mistakes. Great movies in there, but also like, poof. Yeah, it's true. Like, the 80s, like Revenge yeah. of the Nerds. There's a, there's yeah. a rape scene. There's a rape. Oh, <laughs> and everybody glosses yeah. over it, but that's, that's, yeah. that's what that was. Absolutely, 100%. Yes. Uh, 16 Candles, too, right? Yeah. Doesn't, when uh, Anthony Michael Hall gets, gets, uh, he tells, he's trying to get someone to go upstairs with his girlfriend, right? Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. 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 And then he's got, the girl passed out in the convertible oh, oh. meatballs where they're <laughs> spying the girls through no, the yeah. oh yeah Absolutely. these are crimes <laughs> <laughs> and these are comedies they're not right. even dramas these are just straight up comedies um other honorable mentions by the way I'll get through the list before we get hate mail is uh, rudolph the red-nosed reindeer obviously oh, yeah. the one about bullying love actually I actually love that movie. I love that. Do you? Yeah, I, I get grief for saying that one. And A Christmas Story. How do you not bring up A Christmas Story? Oh, yeah. How did we not bring up? That's a classic. Yeah. Fred Lee. Must be Italian. <laughs> uh, and how, yeah, how many times do you see the the uh, the leg with the stocking on it as the lamp? I mean, that's- Oh, that's yeah. Really that's cool. iconic. Yes, it absolutely is iconic. Um, so m- moving on from, from Christmas stuff, um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you, I think, are, are a fascinating person and an underestimated personality in the comedy game. Um, oh. Do you? You may not remember this. I remember the first time we worked together. Um, is that the old Tremont Music Hall? Oh, damn! Yes, it was. So that was so long ago. <laughs> a long time ago. Uh, that no no longer exists, and I was just. Yeah. Just wide-eyed watching your set, I was just knocked out by your energy, and you were phenomenal. Um, obviously, we've worked a number of times since then, um, and yeah, I just didn't know if you remember that, but you uh, you had a vest on, and I just remember you were just awesome and super sweet to me, like this this little brand new Jason comedian out there going, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be funny tonight. And uh, <laughs> anyway, you were fantastic and super cool to me. I'm a huge fan of yours. I don't know if you know that, but I talk about you a lot. Actually, I bring you up a uh-huh. lot. And then remember, I, I met a guy that looked like you in Nashville and lost my shit. And was and his last name is King, too. You know who I'm talking about. What's oh, his name? Austin? Yeah. Austin King. That's right. Yeah. And I was like, you look like my friend Jason. He's like, everybody tells me that. I had to take a picture and everything. It was so cool. But yeah, Jason King fan. I think you're very hilarious and just so charming. And uh, yeah, I admire you a lot. I appreciate you saying Working that. Comedy. I could make the... You, ubiquitous joke of like ah i gotta pay you 10 bucks now that's very sweet of you i appreciate that i I'm a I, bitch. I, I wouldn't say it if i didn't mean it <laughs> <laughs> i believe that i believe that um now you're you're at your folks yep now how how have you been handling the pandemic i mean is, this is like everybody our worlds are turned upside down and i know that 
Uh, I mean, you are a full-time comic. This is, you know, not all of us sort of do that. So my heart's been sort of just like torn apart for all my friends who are full-time comics. Like, how, how's it going? Like, you're doing all right? It's not great. No, <laughs> I don't, you know, everybody who I think is doing okay is like, you know, was in a good spot before this, um, but I, I really wasn't. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm keeping it together for the people that I need to keep it together for, but it is, it's been hard. Uh, instead of touring for all those months and everything was shut down, uh, I couldn't, it's a long story, but I couldn't claim unemployment because it would mess with my insurance and I have like a bum knee. So if anything happens, oh, no. surgery, I have to have top notch insurance. So I, I couldn't claim any money. Like I got that $1,200 check and that was it. Wow. So I did, I started doing lives from my parents' bathtub and it's just me drinking champagne and smoking weed in an avocado, avocado colored tub. And uh, people, would, <laughs> people would send me money for that. People would tip me for it. And that's how I survived all these months is, is just like friends and, and fans. That is. Watch, sit in my bathtub. <laughs> is there, honestly though, I mean, the idea of, of people like the, the buzzword of, of 2020 is pivot. Um, but you did that. You managed yeah. to find a way to entertain. It's not the necessarily the way you wanted to, but you did something completely unique and you you are keeping your head above water in the tub, literally and figuratively. <laughs> um, and have you has that changed your comedy, do you think? I mean, obviously, I know you're kind of getting up where you can when it's safe at this yeah. point, but do you think that that has influenced anything for you and direction of where you're going? Or is that just like, nope, I did this thing and I'm going to talk about it for the rest of my life, but I'm never going to do that shit again. <laughs> no, I actually, I love it. And I think it kind of, um, I feel like it's getting me ready for a career in front of the camera because that's ultimately what I want. You know I mean? Yeah. I, on a little talk show. I wouldn't mind just being, you know, I'd love to be fortune themester and be all the, on all those game shows. That'd be great. Right. Down love to do voiceover work um and i've done some other things like that throughout the year i, I worked on a couple card games um one really? called yeah one called horror box and the other one's called the queer agenda and they're like cards against humanity type games that people yeah. play but some little twists in it but I, I wrote for those like i they sent me the cards and i can pick out my cards and be like i wrote that oh, that's, so awesome. that's amazing yeah. yeah yeah and then i uh, also got to be on south and off with trey crowder uh, the other otherwise known as the liberal redneck and I was made yeah, into was a cartoon, which is a lifelong dream of mine so that was pretty cool this year so good things did happen it, I don't want you to think it was a pit of despair but no I definitely pivot <laughs> like, but like you said this is how we all kind of are, are dealing with this is like yeah I mean some th great things happen but this has been this overwhelming uh, weight that we all have in dealing with this. But I, I kind of want to know, because I was going to ask you about, bring that up, uh, working with Trey Crowder, who I, I'm, I'm certainly a fan of for a number of reasons, uh, but that is yeah. someone who, who took who took something that we all had maybe took for granted, being this like the Southern guy and and turn, turn that idea on his head. It's like, I'm actually, I know what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm actually a smart person. And, and I think that, so that guy, what he does is pretty funny. So you got a chance. So how did, how did that connection happen? Like what? I actually knew Trey before the, before the fame. So I got lucky enough. Really? To know. Yeah, awesome. I met him 
Nashville. Yeah. We had worked together once or twice, I think. And, you know, we just knew each other and, and he's a super nice guy. And um, we're, you know, they've all been, the well-read boys are really good people. Yeah. Like when you think of people who deserve their fame and, you know, really deserve what they've been working for, they, th those three guys do. Yeah. They're very humble. Um, like one time. Smart. Those guys yeah, are real, smart. real smart. Like you yeah. bring, bring your A game if you're going to come at them. Right. Them. Yeah. I mean, Drew's a, Drew's a lawyer. Like yeah. <laughs> they, they, they talk slow, but they don't think slow. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's just their shtick. But yeah, um, they're all solid human beings and they're really kind. And, and they've helped me a lot of times throughout my career. I was in Nashville once and they had a sold out, two sold out shows. And they asked me if I wanted to open for them the second show. And they paid me a little bit of money and, all these people had lined up to like have them sign books and stuff like that. And they sat there until every last person got their book or gave them a hug or brought them some homemade chow chow or whatever it was. And, <laughs> that's yeah. a, that says a lot uh, about, about guys. Cause you know, we, we've run into people who just couldn't give a shit about any of that kind of stuff. And I think that, you know, the guys who are worth their salt, usually the ones who treat, mm -hmm. treat their fans or treat that average person who just came to see them and said, wow, like they want to come and say hi and be a part of the show a little bit and just like be yeah. close to that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 I never worked with them, but I got, you know, a lot of respect for them. So good for you. So one of your goals was to be a cartoon character because it's now one of mine. I, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I, I love it. Like, I've always character. loved The Simpsons. That's what I've always like. I've always yeah. kind of prayed that I'd get famous while they were still on the air, so I could just get one little cameo on The Simpsons. But being get, being seeing myself as a cartoon character was amazing. It was Man, incredible. Where do people find that? Where can they Where can they see that? Um, just look up Trey Crowder South and Off, uh, Jen Snyder, and it'll come up. I was on like two different episodes. One with Mia Jackson. I don't know if you know Mia, but not personally, but I know of her, of course. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I got to meet her this year, and she's really cool. She was actually on my uh, my corn tubby. We did an interview together. I haven't released it yet, but I, I did. <laughs> and she's in her tub too, so that was cool. Oh man, uh, well we'll definitely get all the you know the socials and stuff to make sure people can see you in the tub. Uh, you yeah. have to because no matter what Jen does, she's funny as hell. Um, which brings me again to a to another uh, uh, sort of a double edged thing. So your goal, like you said, is to get in front of the camera, fortune Feimster style, be that personality that you are. Where did that come from? Did you always want to do comedy? Were you always a, were you a pop culture person? Were you a class clown? Like, you know, that, you know, that question. Yeah, I was definitely a class clown. Um, I was bullied a lot, you know, I was still, I, you know, just in chunky and queer as I am now back then, but it was way less socially acceptable back then. And I, when I figured out people, I made people laugh and they were nice to me after that. That's it's a defense mechanism. Wow. Like, mm -hmm. If you ask every comic, that's how they learn to survive. Yeah. And then they learn to manipulate that into other things, making friends, getting, you know, dates, getting a career. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, but uh, yeah, I was definitely a class clown. And I just, I just, it's the only place I feel right. You know, it's the mm -hmm. only place I feel like a hundred percent. This is where I'm supposed to be. Right. I never feel comfortable on the stage i feel like that's just it's where god wants me you know yeah right right this uh you you are correct uh i i come from a place that it, that wasn't i don't know if i wasn't picked on like i can't claim that but i definitely grew and developed this personality because of being different because of being just you know just a little bit different and sometimes yeah. that's how it manifests that your discomfort with being different 
turns into this personality, you know, yeah. this, this, this world. And did you know early on that you were going to do stand up or, or did it, did it, when did that show up though? That specific decision. So it's a little bit weird. I was always like just kind of being a clown and and getting, you know, standing up in in my class. I had a course class. My teacher would just let me stand up and say shit. And it got laughs all the time. And, and you know, thank God for her. She really kind of fostered that in me. And so then in middle school, I did stand up my eighth grade year and I got to be. Wait, Wait, what are you, 13? Yeah. I did jokes about my mom. I did sight gags. Oh, bro, I had some of those those glasses with the eyes that come out. Oh, my God. I did jokes about homework. And uh, my mom, remember Mary Loretton? Yeah. West okay, Virginia. remember those commercials she did for like the drugstore that would be like, and another thing. I did a whole joke about me and my mom arguing and she leaves and she's like Mary Loretton when she comes back in. And another thing. <laughs> Topical, bro. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I Is did that. Is that set today? Huh? Any of that stuff in your set today? No, no, none of that. <laughs> it was so bad. I even did a, a card trick at the end. It was bad, bro. It was so bad. But that's where it kind of started. And then I didn't do anything during my twenties. Uh, I was gay in the nineties. Really? I didn't have things. I only had time to do drugs and women. And then so. Oh, we all uh, had that time, Jen, didn't we? Right. Uh, and right around the time I turned thirty, my mom bought me a class. She bought me a comedy class. I took Manny Alvera's comedy class in Atlanta, and. Uh, that that was it after that i was hitting mics i was working on it just as much as i could just to try to get somewhere with it so wow now you know i haven't met your mom but i know you talk about your mom still like in your sets and and it is one of the most adorable relationships that i know of just you know (laughs) knowing your content and and your energy and how you talk about so she sounds like an amazing person and now to find out that she actually got you into doing stand-up oh yeah and I'm gonna get teary-eyed over here. That's kind of fantastic. <laughs> I, I do if I talk about her too much. She's just uh, yeah. both of my parents actually are just the best people in the world. They support me. I they they love me living here. It's not a burden. They don't want me to go. Yeah. Like, they'll be right. sad. <laughs> like we're uh, tight. The pandemic's over. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was here before the Brian the pandemic. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. Sweet, sweet man, trying to make these people out in the world think I'm somebody. <laughs> you know what's funny, Jen, is that I I'm in the same boat. So I my folks are just fantastic people, and and you know they were like, yeah, you're gonna go get a degree, and then you're gonna you know get a job, whatever. But it was like, you know, if I would have came to them and said, hey, I'm going to be a clown, they're like, all right, well, what kind of makeup do we need to buy? Yeah, you know, exactly. that's just who they are they were just like hey he's gonna do what he wants to do how do we help him do it you know we're so lucky man so many people don't have that like yeah i want to think about all the things i don't have i don't have fame and i don't have money or a wife or dog i do have so much love and support like you can't buy that like no matter how much money you have you can't buy your parents love or you can't buy their support and in your dreams no matter how crazy they see like it's crazy for me to want to be a famous comedian the odds are so Sure. They're astronomical, but in their minds, I already am. I'm famous to them. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> we go places. I'm a daughter. I say, like, mama, this bitch in Wendy's don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so proud, you know? <laughs> that, that's a pretty amazing thing. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. very lucky in that way. And there's this sort of comedy trope of like, you know, beating up your, your your dad, you know, psychologically on stage because he wasn't this and that. And some people feel like that's where their comedy comes from. I'm with you. It's not. I come the other side of it saying there's they're better than me. I tell people like I won the lottery, you know, with yeah. my 
not scratch off money. I'm talking Powerball shit. You know what I mean? The big yeah, deal. The odds are that you're going to not have good parents, you know? And I like to comfort my friends with that too. I'm like, hey, 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 you can be loved a lot and still be messed up. You right. sure can. You can be loved more than you could possibly imagine and still just be a loser, okay? It's okay. That's right. Yeah, that's it ain't right. all their fault. You can talk about something else. That's right. right. Ah, so good. I love your spin. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to get back into sort of uh, uh, kind of where you're at, where you're going. And uh, I know we're going to all going to be excited about that. Uh, so just a couple minutes, folks. So we're going to pay the bills and we'll be right back. At Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care feels like home because video visits bring my provider to me. Ortho Carolina, my care, my way. Schedule your in-person or virtual appointment today at orthocarolina.com. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are, ladies and gentlemen, did I say that right? Sure, uh, we're yeah. back. <laughs> I don't know. I'm drinking. What can I say? Um, back at the Comedy Zone podcast, I'm Jason Allen King here with Brian Baltashevitz, the master, and uh, our very special guest, who I'm so glad is here, uh, Jen Snyder. And we've been talking comedy and Christmas and cookies and Christmas nipples. Was that what the name of the cookie? So, that's what she said yeah okay yeah. all right yeah i i know i'm I never that to get down the, the same way yeah. <laughs> but also might explain why i like them so much <laughs> <laughs> i was like i just love these cookies they're just delicious quit <laughs> <laughs> playing with your food brian <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I want to ask you jen um this is something that i'm sort of kind of getting into now because i like when people have to describe their their comedy like what how would you describe yourself i know who you like you are just a force you're energetic super confident like unmatched energy wise uh how do you describe your comedy like if you had to you know it's not like this will be around forever so just go ahead whatever you yeah, just go ahead let them know uh, <laughs> i don't know i kind of like a little a little mini tornado you know <laughs> <laughs> coming through and i'm real fast and real exciting and and kind of take you a lot of different places and you never end up where you thought you were going to end up that's kind of how i think about it you are that you you are very very energetic you move a lot you're back and forth you're yeah it's that's really really cool and that doesn't slow down that's the part that gets me you don't once you're up good luck everybody just hold on tight you know what i mean now was that was it always that way did you adjust? Has things changed? Did that get, did you to amp that up or lower it down? And do you change depending on the venue or the, the gig? And the energy I always, it just, that is just what it is. Like, that's just mm. how I get when I'm up there and it's just a feeling and it, it will amp up more if the crowd's into it. Like yep. if they're not super feeling it, I can still maintain that energy, but if they really love it, I'll, I'll get full of myself and, and really just <laughs> feed off of it a little bit. Yeah. 
but yeah, I, I have to do that. I can't sit still. There was a time when I'd hurt my knee and I had to stand while I did comedy and that sucked for me because yeah. my energy is so much different. Like I got to, Ooh, I got to get it. <laughs> <laughs> run around. Um, that, uh, uh, I love that. Good, good for you. Um, now being a, being a comedian is, is difficult from day one, right? Trying to be funny, but also trying to get booked, work in front of different audiences and so on. Uh, then add being a woman, because as we know, Jen, women aren't as funny as men. Yes. Yes. That's so, correct. At least. Yes. Yeah. We hear that a lot that, uh, that, that complete horse shit, um, <laughs> That's that from unfunny men, but yeah, yeah, right. Um, now add add on, you know, you're a lesbian, and that comes when I'm not going to pretend to understand that experience, but I am a person with a brain and and a heart. Um, it's not too going too far to say the game was kind of stacked against you for a long time with a lot of these different things. Do you, what's your approach to dealing with those challenges? I mean, we have got comics who are new and watching the show and maybe people are experienced like what what how do you manage that what do you do are you just angry like <laughs> no one would blame you for that i'm just kind of you know am i angry? you know it's weird um it plays well for me with crowds it, it hasn't worked great for me professionally i get a lot of uh you know we have fortune femester we don't really need you um ah. but which is weird you know because I, I do i like fortune she's very funny and, and she, she's like clean she's super sweet clean and i I'm not. We're we're different. I just like yeah, we're southern and we're lesbian, and that's that's pretty much it. You know, I feel like we're different things, but um, it works well for me as far as crowds go because I have that element of surprise from the word go. Like everybody's seen a bunch of men do comedy, you know, and you even might have seen a few lesbians do comedy. Not a lot of people have seen a me, you know. You it's the rare butch lesbian in a bow tie in a venue, you know, that you see. And we, you know, you've been places with me. We play all these southern rooms where it's like, yeah. you know, and I can feel the tension in the room when I walk in. These people <laughs> are so concerned. I'm going to talk about politics for 30 minutes, or you know, <laughs> whack rhapsodic about my vagina or whatever. Right. And it's never that. And so that I use that to my advantage because they're already looking at me. The minute I hit stage, I'm like, what's she fit to say? You know, <laughs> literally <laughs> the words. And then at the end, I can, I can, I like to watch him because there'll always be one dude just arms crossed, just like this lesbo ain't gonna make me laugh. And the moment I get him, I'm always just like, <laughs> you use it against them. You use that tension against against those those folks. Yeah, well, I, I guess I use it in the sense of like, I'm, it's making them pay attention to me. And then once I'm not, I'm not aggressive like that, you know, like I'm not no. super, you know, y'all hate straight people, you know, like I, I, yeah. I tease y'all about it. I, you know, right. kind of pull the parallel of what, you know, what it is, but I'm never mean. I'm never even mean to men. I think that's the thing that, that people expect that I always no, kind of use not. against it. You know, men kind of think that I'm going to be like, ooh, I hate men and blah, blah, but I don't hate right. men. <laughs> you know, me and you, we get along like peas and carrots. Heck yeah. Well, what I what I notice is that no matter what, you're funny. So whatever walls people are putting up around them in shows, and again, I've been to a number of your shows, no matter how hard they want to cross their arms or push back in their chair, you're so funny that they all come around to the humor of it, which says a lot about you know, humor, first of all, but yeah. that, that to me is what, I, that's what I mean. Like you use it against me, like, Oh, the tighter your arms are, the funnier the laugh's going to be when I get it out of you, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah going to get it out of you. You've upset me now. 
that, man, that's that's amazing. Now, again, like you said, the the business side of show business has been a little bit more challenging with that because, and I, I want to bring this up. Eddie Murphy just talked about how I'm gonna I would probably mess up the year, but probably the early '80s that he and uh, Richard Pryor. He talked about it on comedians and uh, cars getting coffee or whatever that's called with Seinfeld. How they've, they, you know, they were already there's already one really funny black guy on, you know, out there. So Pryor felt all this pressure because Eddie Murphy was so funny that they wouldn't put him on the same show. Eddie Murphy would show up to a club and Pryor would leave. That's because weird. because they would only you know it was like this idea that there was already one one black comedian who was really funny or they would only put one on a show or you know that kind of thing and it sounds like you're you're experiencing something similar as far as being a lesbian, like they couldn't have a show with two lesbians on it or you and Fortune can't be successful at the same moment because we've checked the box of having a lesbian comedian. A lesbian, right. You know? I don't know what that is. Char you know, Eddie Murphy didn't even write Raw. Really? I didn't know. Yeah. That. I think I talked about this the last time I was on the <laughs> Comedy Zone podcast, but yeah, he didn't. You can look up the credits for Raw. It was uh, the Wayne Brothers. No kidding. Oh my God. So, wow. Yeah, but that's just how prolific of a performer he is, is that yeah. he could take all that mm -hmm. and make, I mean, that Eddie Murphy Raw is probably the set of comedy that made me really want to be a comedian. Really? Yeah, yeah. it's it doesn't I mean, hold up now. No, no, no. I'm no gonna say, yeah. Lot, yeah. There's quite a bit of that that's it's a little hard to listen to now. It's just, it's a different world now. Um, from where I'm sitting, I, you know, I, I certainly hope so from where you're sitting, you know? Oh yeah. I still think it's funny though. It's just well done. When he talks about green pepper welfare burger and your mama <laughs> telling you, you can't have McDonald's because got, we got McDonald's at home. Like, <laughs> so much of it is so funny. And like, those are the kind of things that I, I try to remind myself when I, you know, cause I get nervous when my friends come to see my shows again and again and again, because a lot of it's the same, you know, once you work up an act, that's your act for a while until you can sell it and, you know, feel the pressure to write another one. Um, but I'm reminded of how much I watched Eddie Murphy raw. I've seen it a hundred times if I've seen it once. Yeah. Like I can recite it verbatim. Yeah. And that's what I have to remember is people like that. People yeah. like to see that's comforting to see something that, you know, makes you laugh that right. you know makes you feel good and and so that's what i think about i think about eddie murphy raw which is yeah weird you're right there it doesn't matter how many times you see something you know that well, isn't that a the a sign of an amazing joke is to know what know when the punchline is coming know how it's going to be delivered have it happen and you laugh again for yeah. the you know 20th 50th time or whatever it is that's a sign of a good joke True. um you, you bring up friends of yours. I actually did want to bring up the uh, Columbia comedy scene because, uh, you know, I know a handful. Of, <laughs> I know a handful of, of y'all from down there and you're all you know, my friends and just just amazing comics. And, you know, is that a is that a by mistake? Did that just happen or did you all just sort of, you know, make sure each other was funny and like tell me about the scene down there? Uh, you know, we got, I just think we got really lucky. We just had a lot of really talented people that all kind of came in at one time and, and it really pushed all of us, you know, it definitely having the guys there and, and they're so funny and they're so talented and I'm older, you know, so I'm a little less, you know, I always feel that pressure to be relevant. Um, they keep me on my toes and they make me good and they always 
drive me to be better and drive me to be more and to really get the most out of my comedy because they're so good and, and we're like a family we're real lucky yeah i mean charlotte's like that now too you guys have you guys have really tightened up over the years. I'm proud Looking of y'all. There, right? The reputation, I hope, is changing a little bit in Charlotte. It was rough for a while there. But um, as far as, you know, you say that they're your family. I mean, how do you all talk about comedy? If you come up with a with a joke that's, that's just shit, do they tell you it's shit? No, they know. We know. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, y'all, everybody just knows it's like... Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, actually, the worst comic in this town is gone now, so we don't have to deal with that. There was a. Well, I guess, Jen. I, what I meant was, if you if you are trying out a new joke, and your new joke doesn't doesn't, you think it's good. They don't think it's good. Do they tell you? They honest with you is kind of what I'm driving at. Oh hell, no! Of course not. <laughs> I never do that. They have thin skin. I would never do that to them. Yeah. <laughs> We're sensitive. We're a bunch of sensitive little little Nancys over here. <laughs> No, but they know. We all know. I mean, that's what, you're a good comic when you don't need someone else. The crappy comics are the people that are always like, oh, you just didn't get that. You'll understand it later. Dude, I speak English. You didn't put yes. words in proper order that would elicit laughter. That's your fault, not mine. <laughs> Every time I hear a comic who, who some blames anybody but the quality of the joke, yeah, I, it's scratching a chalkboard for me. It's like, oh, come on, man. Don't, yeah. it's not, it's nobody's fault, but you're the only guy, it's, you're the only guy up there speaking right now. It's nobody it else's you. fault but yours. Yeah. You. yeah, that's right. Oh, it's really frustrating. Uh, yeah. But I think that's what the difference is, is the comics that you see that are, be the best ones are, are probably beat themselves up more than is absolutely necessary. Necessary. I hear that about Dave Attell. I've never worked with him, but I heard that he just oh, chops man. himself to bits after sets and he will have murdered. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I'm kind of that same. I've worked with him a couple of times hosting for him here at the at the zone in Charlotte. Yeah. And yeah, I mean it's amazing to it's I mean a little bit sad in some way, but to see him before he goes up and him literally saying out loud, What am I doing comedy for? That <laughs> happened. Like I don't even know what I'm doing this for. I can, I'm not I can't these people I can't do this. Like it's crazy. Like, like I, probably, I don't know if I should even say that, but yeah, he's just so hard on. Had a show, whole show on Comedy Central, buddy. Come on, <laughs> couple of them, that guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. man. But that guy that eats dick at every open <laughs> mic in your hometown—you can't tell him nothing about how he's bad at comedy. He's the best. Yeah, mm-hmm. ever was, ever been. Yeah. He's been doing this joke at this open mic for ten years. You can't tell him nothing. <laughs> And the comedy club doesn't know what they're doing. Oh, right. they don't book them, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Seen it. Uh, that's great. You get frustrated uh, in in the world of comedy. That's one of the things that that does it for you. I certainly, I I, I set you up for that, but uh, I, it frustrates the hell out of me. Like you said, yeah. I'm I'm going to be as hard on myself as than more than anybody else. Um, I know w- what my bar is, and if I don't hit it, I'm going to be upset by it. Right. Yep. Yep. And it doesn't matter if it sounded good to you. It doesn't matter if you heard less. I know what my personal best is. And when I don't get that, I'm just like, you don't get McDonald's tonight. Dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Ride home in the car and think about what you're doing. Yeah. You do You do a hundred jokes. There's two yeah. in there. You're like those sons of bitches. They did, yeah. didn't work. Why didn't yeah. that work this time? I said this instead of that. They cost you nuggets. They cost you nuggies. <laughs> 
that's awesome. Well, what do you, what advice do you have for young comedians? I mean, it sounds like we're, we're, you know, if they're paying attention right now, it's, it's that it's focus on your own game, I think. But uh, yeah. what do you tell people? Cause you, this is the other thing. We, we just had Sean Jones on um, last nice. week. So I'm a big fan of Sean and he's so generous with his time with young comics. I say young comics, new comics, oh, it doesn't matter. Sean Jones yeah. is just a good human being to be around and he, he's happy to, you know, dole out the, the advice and the people asking questions. And I see you as that, that way as well. I've just seen you be generous with people. And, um, you know, what do you tell young comics? What do you, news, newbies? Um, just learn to read a room. I mean, I don't know if that can be taught or not. I don't know how to teach it because it seems like a skill that people lack. Um, yeah. Learn to read a room and do not, do not hang out with the mediocre comics. Don't do it. Yeah. I don't care if the best comics in your town are mean to you for years. Take their shit until they're your friend because that'll make you a better comic. Hanging out with people that are of a, hanging out with the comics that are like, oh, you just didn't get that. That will never make you a good comic. Yeah. That's the, I think that's amazing advice and that can, that transcends comedy to other things. Gr growing up as, as a wrestler and my friends who know me will laugh because I'm bringing up wrestling again. Uh, you're not going to get better by wrestling people who aren't as good as you. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? You're, yeah. you just aren't going to learn anything new. You need to find someone who's going to beat your ass. That's how you will be better. That's when yeah. you learn something new. Uh, and it, yeah, it, that totally applies to, to stand up as well. And yeah, reading the room is, it seems to be, you would think that's a common sense thing, right? And yeah, it might not be. Dude, I've seen comics that I consider really good at comedy who aren't good at reading a room or rather when they start to feel like the room is resisting instead of pivoting, yeah, they will dig in, <laughs> almost like punish the crowds. Right. For not I mean, I've seen this several times and I'm just like, what, what, what are you doing? Why do you do comedy? <laughs> you do comedy to punish people? <laughs> right. Well, I think, you know what? There's a there's a lot of ego uh, in comedy. And oh, yeah. I do think that there's a certain point where people are like, if you don't get me, then you're just going to get all of me. You know what I mean? Like, you're just yeah. going to, I'm going to lean into being who I am as opposed to saying, maybe tonight's not for that. Maybe I change a little bit and, you know, yeah. soften up or go harder than I am or whatever it might be. Um, yeah, that's interesting. All right. Uh, is anybody uh, that you're watching that's that's sort of uh, new, whether it's local or even like famous who are getting famous, any comics? Do you, well, let me ask this. Do you watch comedy? I mean, are you a consumer of comedy? We know about Raw, obviously. I don't. <laughs> that's okay. Well, I should have prefaced by this. I, I, this is to me is one of the more interesting questions because there are some comics who are like, I consume comedy all the time. I'll read scripts. I will do this. I'll watch Netflix specials. And some who are like, I don't want any of the influence. I can't be around it, whatever. So yeah. no. I don't want it to seep in. I, I will watch comics that I, I know I can't not copy their style, but man, trust me when I tell you, if you, if I watch Cat Williams next time you see my set, you'll be able to tell. You'll be <laughs> all over that damn place. Just, uh, but like I, I watched Maria awesome. Bamford's uh, Old Baby recently and that, and I enjoyed that because I'm like, we're so different style wise that I'm not going to absorb that in any way. You know, she yeah, was yeah. talking about her own life. So I feel like Every once in a while, if someone will turn me on to something, I'll watch it. But for the most part, no, I don't really watch 
comedy like stand up. I watch comedy shows, TV, that kind of thing. But yeah, uh, interesting. Okay, yeah. I, I kind of love that. I get it. I get inspired a little bit by by other comics. Um, but yeah, one of the other things, and Clint Nor, uh, gotta love that guy. Yes, he's not around. One of the things yeah. that he was always concerned about was the so much of comedy was like uh, not like subconscious. Um, what you know, he's like he didn't want to pick something up and be accused of stealing a joke or something like that. He he was always sort of super hyper aware yeah. of that from what conversations that we had. So um, I have a friend who does one of my jokes. Oh. I've never. <laughs> mentioned it because I know he didn't steal it I know he heard it and he thought he wrote it but it's part of a bigger bit that I do yeah. and I yeah I just I just scrapped the joke I don't do it anymore it's one of my mom's favorite jokes actually but no, I he did it for me one time and I was like and is that a gig he got me so I just was like all right dude, just, oh. boy, that joke I guess that's cost not- of doing business Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I'm good. I can write more. It's fine. Do you do it? Well, man, that's the, be- <laughs> that's the best. Someone told me one time a guy, someone did my joke at a, like at an open mic or whatever. And they're like, what are you going to do? I was like, well, I'm not going to, I mean, did somebody tell them? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, well, I don't need to say anything. They keep doing yeah. the joke. I mean, I don't know. I'm going to write more. I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to get wound up about it. It becomes egregious or whatever. I mean, I guess something would be said i'm just not a super confrontational person anyway but yeah i'm not joe rogan you know what i mean coming after what's a mencia or whatever um yeah not to say there aren't things to get worked up about i'm not i'm not certainly not suggesting that but um um, i mean there's plenty in comedy people are going to be rude to you for no reason yeah you know just weird things like that make fun of you for no reason (laughs) like yeah of course oh yeah i i certainly get grief um you know, we are talking a lot about stuff that's behind us. You know, the year's coming to an end. Do you have any plans for New Year's, first of all? Are you do you, do you celebrate New Year's Eve? Is that a thing or is it just gonna be? I usually do. I uh, usually go out and party and go to big shows and stuff like that or usually performing. Last year I was performing yeah. on New Year's, it was wonderful. Um, this year I'll probably just stay home, get drunk on champagne. Uh, and then I'm actually working for the zone that weekend in uh, Myrtle Beach, so. On- are you? That's fantastic. Yeah, on the first, I'll be at Myrtle Beach Comedy Zone. Wait, are you with Sean Jones? I think so. Is he the teacher? No. Okay. For some reason, I thought he was there for for that. Um, no, this guy's a teacher, but I looked him up, and he's funny, and I was like, oh, thank God. Oh, that's really exciting. Good for you. I'm glad you're you're finishing the year and starting the year uh, uh, on stage, right? Yeah. That's yeah. Good for you. Well, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. Well, uh, 2021, I mean obviously the, you know, we want that to be a better year. You got any plans? Like what, what do you want for, for the new year? Um, for my whole family to be healthy and happy, that would be amazing. <clears throat> I'd take that over anything. Yeah. Um, I'd really like us to get this uh, disease in control. I'd like to get COVID in control so we can go back to, you know, life a yeah. little bit like it was. Cause I think that this is what I feel like in my heart. If we can get control of things and get things back to, to a status quo, Comedy's going to boom. I agree. People I are so totally ready, agree. so sad. Yeah. Like I, I was booked all of October, uh, several things in December. I sent out no avails. I didn't tell anybody, you know, I wasn't asking for gigs. People all contacted me. So <laughs> people want it. They want it so bad. They need yeah. it. And I needed the money. So I <laughs> did them. But, you know, like, I feel like there will be a boom. And I feel like, 
I'm hoping that I'll be right there at that wave just to ride it into some mm-hmm. kind of, you know, not even major fame. I, you know, I, I'd love to be the lesbian Doug uh, Benson. That'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You like to smoke. That's great. Good. That's, uh, that's, that's part of uh, who you are. I, I love yeah. that about you, actually. Well, and I mean, you know, just that he, he's not super famous, but he is famous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh, Doug yeah. Benson goes to Walmart, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> He's still got plenty of money in his bank account. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I do want to ask you, uh, Brian, that as well. Now, this is this our last show before, or no? We have one more, right? Next, we'll week. have one more. Yeah, we'll record one more between Christmas and New Year. But yeah, okay. yes. All right. You got what? What do you want for twenty twenty one, Brian? I'm going to get you in there. I want. I think much like Jen, I want us to get beyond all of this um, stuff. I want us. I want us to get together on some stuff. Yeah. you know and 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 i want next year to be kind of all about the healing you know we have a lot of work to do uh on a whole lot of different levels and um right. i think I jen is right i think like you know who as far as the comedy industry goes i do think there's gonna be a boom when we can all get together again and i also think it's gonna be good for comedy in that a lot of the folks who um are, I'm going to use the the expression lower tier comics. I don't necessarily mean that, but you know, a lot of the people who were just kind of doing it, but weren't really super serious about it, are going to have fallen off because they'll have gone off and gotten jobs or whatever. Yeah, you right. know, and the people who are real serious about it are the get ones out of the way to take advantage of. Yeah, the ones who are going to be able to kind of take advantage of hopefully what's coming after. Right. You know, oh, Brian, I together. love you. <laughs> get rid of some of this tat is what i'm saying <laughs> yes exactly flick them off man flick them yeah. off that's right get rid yeah. of some of the chaff it's gonna be nothing but weed around this bitch <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. oh man that's great and i want um you guys had some really nice thoughts there i just i want a new car i just want something <laughs> you guys can have the peace and the covid away i just can i get a new car that's that's all what do you want course i'm i don't know I'm just you don't even know what kind of new car you want land rover or something that i can't afford something like that um what do you have coming up so tell where can we watch you in the tub you have the 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 new year show at the comedy zone in myrtle beach carolina comedy theater um any anything else anything else you want us to know about the future of uh, jen snyder and where we can follow you because our fans are ravenous and they're like, <laughs> yeah find you and you're going to get all these new followers it's going to be amazing right. uh, it'll be amazing um I, follow me on facebook just jen snyder with two n's for jen and uh y for snyder um jester jen 13 on insta and twitter um i'm i shot my own comedy special i'm not happy with it so i'm going to do a reshoot and try to do some editing and whatnot um regardless this year i'll either be releasing an album or a comedy special so look out for either one of those so if anyone was wondering whether or not Jen is uh, good at comedy, listen to what she just said. She shot a, <laughs> she shot a special that wasn't up to, to her standard. So she's going to either, you know, put that out another way or shoot it again or figure out a way to make it. Like that's, first of all, the idea that, it's, that you don't think it's good enough is hysterical to me because I, I just, I trust you and you've never <sighs> failed me uh, on stage. You're hysterical. And uh, honestly, you're one of the, the biggest hearted, sweetest people uh, that I've met. And uh, also uh, badass. I added, I included that in, in the introduction. So uh, I don't think she's, a, you know, 
a, a pussy cat because she's got a big heart. She will eat you up at the same time. So, uh, really? Jen, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jen, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. I truly think you're fantastic and uh, I wish you the best in 2021. And I can't wait to share the stage with you again, too. Same, man. I miss you so much. I miss both of you. I, I enjoy running into both of y'all anytime I see you around the clubs. Like, y'all are my people. Y'all know that. So, Merry Christmas. I'm, I'm glad that I got to leave talk to you a little bit, you know, this year. Yeah, absolutely. Merry Christmas. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. Brian, anything you want to finish on, buddy? Just, uh, you know, have a, have a safe holiday. Make good decisions. And let's <laughs> just get to next year, for Christ's sake. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Christmas nipples, everybody. Merry Christmas. Uh, yeah, enjoy the holidays. Be safe. If you, you know, don't drink and drive. I don't know. All that business. Thanks, Jen, for coming to the Comedy Zone podcast. That is Thanks, our Jen. goal. We'll see y'all now or hear y'all next week or whatever it is. Thanks. The Comedy Zone podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the Abbott Exchange Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone podcast are Brian Heffern and Brian Bumpashevitz. Talent Wrangler is Mike Hall. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever. 